Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one transformative page of Talmud every day. Our guest today, returning after visiting us just a few days ago and correcting us, or me, as to the pronunciation of his name, is the great, the friend, the wise Rabbi David Bashevkin. Oh, you're too generous. Thank you so much. See what much. I did there? I very much did. I didn't overdue you with a Dovid. I just gave you the proper Hebrew pronunciation. I think pronunciation. we should mix it up because honestly, my level of Jewishness in my name, it varies from day to day. Sometimes you wake up, you feel like a David. Sometimes you wake up, you feel like a Dovid. You know, it depends on the day. Depends on how Jewish you feel that day. Exactly. And so I hope that today you are feeling very Jewish, Dovid, because I know that you are the world's foremost Jewish sinologist, expert on sin. You wrote an incredible book that I'm saying this now for the third or fourth or eighth time, but I can't say it enough. Every single listener to this podcast needs to go to Amazon right after you listen. Oh, you're too kind. And buy it. It's called Sin-a-Gog. It's a great and entertaining and edifying and illuminating meditation on Judaism's ideas about sin and failure. And yet today I came across this discussion between the rabbis, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, who kind of put a what I felt was an interesting caveat to the concept of sin. Let me, let me read a short, short passage. A dispute between Amoraim was stated with regard to one who ate two olive bulks of forbidden fat in one lapse of awareness and became aware of the transgression of eating the first olive bulk and then became aware of the transgression of eating the second Rabbi Yochanan said he is liable to bring two sin offerings, one offering for each transgression. And Reish Lakish said he is liable to bring only one. And so the rabbis seem to have a discussion here that's predicated on the notion of yidi'ah, or knowing your consciousness, your awareness of the sin that you've committed, somehow seems to suggest to them plays a very big part in your actual liability for the sin. Explain this. So this is a really important concept, and I kind of love the language, the Talmudic language of a yidiyah, which is hard to translate, a knowledge, a consciousness, it's definitely a part of it. But it's basically saying, and they both really agree to this underlying principle, if you do something with complete unawareness, that kind of falls outside of the boundaries of what we would consider a typical sin. When you finally become conscious of it, the question is, how are you liable for that accident? Are you liable for it as one lapse or is each of the different uh, mistakes that you made during that lapse considered its own action? And that's the dispute between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. But I think the underlying assumption is very important, and that is that underlying all of sin is the need and the assumption that you need a yidiyah. It's not just in legal terminology, in actus reus. It's not just a action that right. is enough to hold somebody liable. There needs to be some consciousness and awareness of the sin itself. And I think that underlies this passage as well. We could have several very fascinating discussions here. One obviously would be from a legal standpoint, as you just mentioned, the other from a philosophical standpoint and kind of comparing this to Kant's categorical imperative. We could go really deep, but I want to take it on a much more kind of emotional, personal level. What are we to take from this conversation 
about the way that we feel about things that we do, sometimes, often, unknowingly, that are bad. And, and we realize after the fact our transgressions, you know, even if they're just transgressions against our own set of values, how should we think about our own lives with this as a guiding principle? You know, it's so interesting because the term Yedia is used in many different ways in uh, Talmudic literature. There's another dichotomy that relates to the way in which we reflect on our own lives. And I'll use the Hebrew words and then I'll translate, which is the, the, the famous dichotomy, not just in Jewish circles, but in kind of philosophical circles, which is the dichotomy between Yediyah and Bechira. Yediyah is, in this context refers to divine foreknowledge, the fact that God and one's life trajectory almost is predetermined. There's a deterministic quality to somebody's life. And then there's a second element that kind of is paradoxical and conflicts in a way, and that is Bechira, one's ability to choose. And I think that in almost a larger analogous way, both of these are always operating in the course, in the narrative of our lives where we make decisions and sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong and sometimes we regret it and sometimes we're frustrated and we look back and it's, you know, it may be difficult and it's great on us, but there's always a separate track. And that is the idea, not in the Talmudic sense that we're discussing now that you knew about it, but there's the idea that God, there is some overarching narrative, some overarching divine path that you are being guided towards. And when I think and look back at my own life and look at the thousands upon thousands of disappointments and mistakes and, you know, going in the wrong direction and U-turns that I've had to make in my life, I always think about that paradox between divine foreknowledge and free will. And that I know that free will and that when I kind of look forward in the decisions that I have to make in my life, it's messy, it's confusing, it's never going to be perfect. But I always know that there's a paradox and that it's not just free will guiding my life. There's also a divine, call it godly, call it whatever you will, an overarching narrative that is guiding your life and making sure that even in the crevices and difficulties and cracks and the kind of the, the paths that you took in your life that you wish you could redo, even in those moments, there was a idea. Even in those moments, there was someone else. Maybe you didn't know it, but there was a divine mind, so to speak, that was ensuring that those moments in your life were deliberate, conscious, significant, and something you could learn from. I love this, and, and this brings to mind one of my favorite Hebrew phrases, Hakol tzafui v'arashut natuna. Everything exactly. is foreordained and permission is given. God knows everything, and yet... You have the freedom to make your own decisions and your own mistakes. And while you make your own decisions and your own mistakes, just like you said, there's always an invisible hand guiding you. Rabbi David Bashevkin, thank you so much for this wisdom. A pleasure and a privilege. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one 
or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.